Hey everybody, welcome. This is the Bold and the Beautiful. We are here right now. We are getting ready to start our broadcast, and I'm Curtis Austin, and we are now on the When Christians Speak Talk Radio. We air every second Saturday of the month at 10 a.m. Won't you just tune in and welcome to When Christians Talk Radio, Bold and the Beautiful. If it wasn't for God, I'd be weak. I wouldn't wake up from my sleep. I wouldn't have nothing to eat. I wouldn't be so unique. Hey. If it wasn't for God, I would lose it. Yeah. I wouldn't live under a roof. Yeah. I wouldn't be up in this booth. Yeah. I wouldn't know he is the truth. Yeah. If it wasn't for God, I would have been bold. The enemy would have taken my soul. But now I rise up and I surprise them. Like the day that he rose. If it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be up in these four cars. On the way to my shows. If it wasn't for God, I wouldn't have nada. I wouldn't be cold. If it wasn't for God, I wouldn't have clothes. No shoes to cover my toes. No hat to cover my head. If it wasn't for God, I would have been. If it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be counted out. My family down and out. I'm blessed so without a doubt. Gotta make sure I shout it out. Hallelujah. Bold and Beautiful is a talk show designed to bring the word of God to youth and young adults around the world and embolden them to live out loud for Jesus. Our vision is to see young people of the world rising up to take their rightful place as leaders and world changers. I'm a young girl spitting that gospel. Last time I saw the God, he said, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And they try to act like they never knew you But the devil can't do nothing to you Cause the power I give it to him Another One Christian Speak Talk Radio Bold and Beautiful Podcast. <laughs> and you see, our, our wonderful Reverend Curtis, the illustrious Reverend Curtis Austin, is starting it off right uh, with the air horn. So um, we are excited about today's show. We're excited about all of our shows. I, I don't mm-hmm. know when we've not been excited, but we're excited because we have Mr. Austin's better half is here. Uh, Mrs. Mazika Austin is um, our guest for today, so mm-hmm. we're super excited. But of course, let's start off by saying hi to all of our our co-hosts, uh, Reverend Novena. Hello, everyone. Reverend Curtis. Hey, we in the house again. Mazika, if you want to shout out. Hello. <laughs> so we are excited to dig into today's show. So not only is our brother super in love and a newlywed and, and in bliss and there's like a halo around them like y'all can't even understand yes, all this yes, black love that is yes. happening in this room tonight. But she also has a powerful testimony and um, can be an encouragement to so many. So we are just excited just to dig into the show. So um, Reverend Novini, can you start us off with prayer, please? Mm, yes, most certainly. Um, gracious and heavenly father, we just thank you and we just love you. Um, just for who you are, oh God, I thank you for just bringing us all together um, in this moment, Lord God, in, in your presence. And I thank you for just leading our conversation, Lord God, and um, just preparing our listeners, Lord God, to hear a wonderful and powerful powerful um, time of um, just communicating, Lord God. We just thank you and we praise you. We thank you for this union, Lord God, and the love that um, is just transpired, just, just happening even right now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 
Well, you know, Curtis, I'm going to kick it off to you. Kick I'm going to let you start this off right. All right, all right, people. We are here to this this morning. Uh, you know, we are here. And we um, I'm just very excited because we do have uh, my wife on with us. And actually, it's amazing because God is very sovereign. And for those that don't really know what that means, that he's just in control of all things or how he orders your steps according to his good pleasure to bring forth the purpose and the plan he has towards us. And he's allowed me and my wife's paths to cross um, many times, and we didn't even know it until you know later on when we come to this place where we can look back in hindsight and see different things as we begin to talk and find out what God has done. But it's not about what, where we crossed paths before. It's about how we came into alignment in this season and how we have come into a relationship of matrimony and my wife has an awesome testimony, and she's here to share tonight to help, to inspire, and to empower those that are listening today. And so I just want to introduce my wife, who is very beautiful. You can't see that from the radio, but I can see it right now for myself. Mm -hmm. True that. True yes, that. Yes, yes. <laughs> So, 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 and oh, she's also a doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Speak on it. Uh -huh. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, so basically we want, want, want to start out, you know, tell us about, you know, uh, how you got to this place now, you know, just give us the, the backstory and, 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 and share this testimony of how God has taken you from your pain to your purpose and your passion. So I actually, um, actually wrote this book in this course, um, and it's called The Purpose Equation. So in The Purpose Equation, I, I walk people through your pain plus your practice plus your passion equals your purpose. So when people don't know what am I here for, I tell them to look at their pain. And when I look at my pain, it's a part of my purpose. I wouldn't be where I am today without it. Um, I actually look at my pain as priceless now. And back in the day, I wouldn't have been able to say the same thing. Um, I've experienced a lot of pain. Um, and again, I don't tell my story for uh, for pity. I tell it with power now. Um, but I've experienced sexual assault, uh, domestic violence, um, substance abuse, um, parental substance abuse, um, uh, poverty, bankruptcy. You, you, I can go through a couple of lists and tell you what was painful but now what it has evolved to um, has been business, profit, uh, and, and freedom. Yes. Anybody else got any questions for her? So, gosh, it's so much. So, so of course, y'all know how we do. We always break bread. And so we got, like, backstory now. So it is always difficult to, like, figure out, like, what stream do we want to start down? Um, so maybe talk about what what you um had to um come to grips with like so when you when you found god and then at what time in your life did that happen and then how did you reconcile when you met him all the stuff that had been allowed to happen in your life that is a a, a great question because i actually was saved when i was seven i remember being saved when i was seven I my mom's side of the family full of <laughs> preachers and one of my aunts, my great aunts, she was an evangelist and she was preaching one day. And I don't dismiss kids for this very reason when they feel like they feel God. Mm -hmm. um, I remember she her doing an open altar call and I sat there in my seat and the other kids went up and they actually got saved. And I didn't. 
And I sat there and then I was crying, like boo-hooing. And I didn't know why. I just felt so convicted and so sad. And so and so she came to me because I cried. I don't know what they preached that day because I was just <laughs> crying the whole time. Uh, and when she came, she said, Masika, why are you crying? And I said, because I was supposed to go up. I was supposed to give my life to Christ, and I didn't. And she said, well, Masika, it's not too late. And so she gave me... Um, she she gave me the the John three sixteen version mm-hmm. and walked me through what John three sixteen mm-hmm. meant, and I gave my heart to Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and she gave me a foundation. Her, an uncle of mine, and then later on my my oldest brother, his mom, um, also gave me a foundation in Christ. Uh, and that foundation was pivotal because when I fast forward after life occurred, I think when I was molested, I was when I was 14, I walked away from God because I didn't understand. And I didn't want to ask God, why did you let this happen? Because he's God. He was sovereign. I didn't want to ask that question. Right. Instead, I walked away from him and I dated the street. Um, I dated the streets. I dated the guys that looked like my father. My father used to sell drugs and use drugs. He was a good person but had some other choices that were not so great. Right. Um, and he was also a blue collar worker. I mean, he, had, he did a lot for the community, but he also used drugs mm-hmm. and sold drugs at one point in time. And so for me, that becoming my Adam, when I walked, when I say I dated the streets, I dated people that replicated my father. So people that were at the top of food chains, I dated those people. Um, and that took my life into a whirlwind. And so while I was making honor roll and going through college, getting a PhD and all that other stuff, it was another side to that story. Um, God kept me safe. But the, the time that I decided to leave the streets, I remember um, the, the person that I was dating back then, uh, when I was dating him, I remember there being a crisis point in his life. So, you know, in the Bible, when um, Jonah is in this boat, and and the, the boat the the shipment were fine at first until Jonah got on the boat. Uh-huh. And when uh-huh. Jonah gets on the boat, it's like uh, all of this shipwreck starts happening, and the ship is shaking. And Jonah looks at the people and like uh-huh. y'all, it ain't really y'all fault. It's really mine. Well, that was what was happening in this guy's life. Um, every and even though he was doing some illegal stuff, everything got dried for him. And and when it got dried, um, I ended up being pregnant. And I remember him saying. Uh, I can't afford a baby right now. And so his 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 statement to me was go get an abortion. And I drove myself by myself to go get an abortion and drove myself back. And when I drove myself back, I remember sitting in a room um, and I called him looking for some level of support or comfort or sympathy, empathy, something. And what I got from him was you're a selfish bee. And at that point, I remember looking and I remembered the foundation and I remember hearing the story about the prodigal son and I looked at myself and I came to myself in that moment and I said I'm eating out the pig's pen and I can't do this because it was either me choosing life to leave or I was going to take my own life that day um and I actually had a gun in my hand and was going to take my own life and I remember God saying to me like gave me a flashback of conversations that I had with, with this aunt that also walked me to Christ that day and I decided that day I was going to leave, but I was going to leave. I was living and leaving, mm-hmm. living and leaving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I left. Um, but then I still had some unanswered questions mm-hmm. for God. And so I didn't completely turn over to Christ, but at least I was out of that ship mm-hmm. and on some level of... And God was patient with me. Um, and then moving forward, when I came back to Christ, it was because everything else didn't make sense to me anymore. Right, right. And so I, I had done so much wrong. Um, even though on the outside it looked great, 
So mm-hmm. I was the honor roll student. I right, was right. getting a PhD. Yeah. I would I did buy a house. Mm-hmm. I did have a car. I had a BMW and a motorcycle. Like I did have mm-hmm. a lot of worldly stuff that looked successful on the outside, but I was dry in the inside. And mm-hmm. I was like, God, I tried all this other stuff, but nothing's working. And he's like, You finished? Um, try me. <laughs> try me. And so I, I remember coming to God and I was just like, well, God, I'm, I'm hurting though. Mm-hmm. Like this, all of this stuff in my life, sexual assault, parents, you know, just so much trauma. If you ever heard of the ACEs assessment, um, when you look at the ACEs assessment, mm-hmm. it measures trauma. Yeah. If the highest score you can get out of it is a 10, I had you a were, nine out of 10. I was about to say. I had a 9 out of 10. And technically, if you alter one of the questions, I had a 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. But I had a 9 out of 10. And so for how can you be God and me experience all of this trauma? It doesn't make sense to me. And so what, um, what he did was begin to, to, to show me. I remember he took me. He had three strangers come to me. Two strangers, but on three different occasions. One of them came to me twice. and said, you ever read the book The Shack? And I said, the shack. Oh, we didn't try. Don't we, do it. Okay, okay, okay. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I said, the shack. What's that about? That's the shack. That's the shack. And, and so by the time the the eighty year old woman came to me at the in the gym, she was there for physical therapy. By the time she came to me and said, "Did you read the shack?" I was like, "Okay, God, I hear you." Like, I I don't know what the shack is, but I went and got it. I went and got the book and I read it, and it was if God was saying, Masika. Like, let me show you something about who I am. Let me show you that I didn't cause your pain, but I walked you through it. Let me show you that I didn't cause this to you and that I love you and that I was always keeping you and that you survived because of me. And I didn't do this. You live in a world that is corrupt and you live in a world that is broken. But I I am a healer and I'm a restorer. And, and I am very fond of you. <laughs> and I am very fond of you. And I was like, God, you're talking to me. Like, you really love me? And and so the image of a father that I had didn't look like that. And so God had to break, over time, had to break my image of what a father looked like. Because my father was distorted image to me. Um, and so I said, God, you accept me like this? Like, just like this. And he really did. Um, and so that was my coming back to God. I actually wrote a poem, and the poem, um, the poem that I wrote, uh, it, it it helped me get deliverance. And I kept writing, and I kept writing, um, and then God kept writing the story of my life too. That's amazing. Wow. That's amazing. Have you ever heard um, his testimony about what the book is about? Paul Young's testimony about his trauma and the stuff that he went through. I have not. Oh my goodness. Oh. Sweet. Girl, we'll talk offline. We'll talk. We, that's, not, that's for another show. We're going to talk offline, girl. Um, but, oh, my God. All this, does anybody have anything else? Because I can I can always keep going, but y'all. No, I was just, no, I, I, I really don't have a question because y'all know me. Y'all have always called me extra because I was just sitting here at the point of saying that I'm very fond of you. I was just thinking, yeah, I'm fond of her, too. But anyway, <laughs> I'm fond of you, too, baby. But, <laughs> everything is lit up. These smiles are amazing. But the one thing that I did... Um, hear you say that you still had these unanswered questions so god but god didn't take that time to answer those questions at that moment he took the time to show mm-hmm. you really what you meant to him um he gave you some insight but he was really trying to give you more insight into who who he was to you and how much he loved you mm-hmm. um so i guess at that point it was it a shift in how you allowed him to have uh more access at that time to actually help you take your pain to turn it into your practice and your passion and your purpose? 
I, I think, yes, yes. So I think God was like, if, if you look at yourself and myself as an onion, he was like, let me pull layers back because I won't just rip you right open. Let me pull layers back. And as he began to pull layers back, and really, I think that layer thing is really, uh, when when Lazarus comes up, um, he, he tells the disciples, unwrap him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was thinking in the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was Lazarus. I wasn't I wasn't physically dead, but I needed to be unwrapped. And so mm-hmm. he took Lair off at a time, at a time, at a time, as mm-hmm. much as, as he knew I could handle. Um, because the healing process is painful. Mm-hmm. And so healing is not just, I'm going to put some a Band-Aid on you. It's, I got to dig in. Because a lot of times, and I say this as a counselor, um, when I walk people through counseling, a lot of times I have to press them to go back to painful memories because what they have developed was not healing. They have um, developed a scar. And so when you open up a scar, it, it's painful. That dead tissue hurts when you cut it. Mm-hmm. And so ripping it open is necessary so that they can mm-hmm. heal properly. Um, and so God would allow me to deal with this thing. And then he say, okay, let me give you a breather. And then let me tell you this thing, this thing, this thing. And and now if I fast forward to today, um, I wouldn't give back any of my pain mm-hmm. and the abortion, the, the domestic violence, the substance abuse. My father died March eight March fifteenth, twenty eighteen, and when he died, I felt more pain than than I had ever did in my entire life. Um, but what God did for me at the tail end of that, like in that transition process, is He began to open my eyes. And I no longer have regrets about any of the pains because the pain actually made me me. Um, I'm a powerful individual. Mm-hmm. When I lay hands on the sick, they do recover mm-hmm. physically. I've watched miracles mm-hmm. and God is not God operating inside of me. But parts of that didn't get awakened until God had to deal with me and, <laughs> and to unsurface Masika. I've laid hands on emotionally dry places on people and they instantly recovered and then had to go walk them through the rest mm-hmm. of it out. I've worked with women who have been sexually abused and sexually assaulted. And it's not the clinician. It's not the licensed counselor that I am. I can tell them I've been there. I've done mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm, I know mm-hmm. what that feels like. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I can tell you why. I can, I can show you, but I can show you how to walk through this too. Mm-hmm. And my story is valid to them. And we call that peer recovery. My story is valid to them because I've been where they have been. Um, it's just like Moses, right? Like you can't lead people out of places mm-hmm. you ain't never been come before. Come on, come on. And, and so you can't tell me I can get up if you ain't never been down before. Um, I have, when, when I went through bankruptcy, I'm a millionaire on today, mm-hmm. but I can tell the person that, that didn't, wasn't born with a silver spoon in their mouth, <laughs> I can show you how to get wealth and I can show you how to praise God, do it the right way and get wealth. And it's not because you're dating a drug dealer. I can show you how to get mm-hmm. real wealth that's sustainable, that does not dry up. So even in a recession, you'll be recession proof. I can show you how to do that. And it's not an arrogant thing. Mm-hmm. It's a God thing. And it's because I've been broke. I've been not only financially broke, I've been emotionally broke. I've been physically broke. Having had seizures since I was diagnosed with diabetes when I was 10 and having multiple seizures and multiple seizures. I can tell people that God is a healer. I haven't had a seizure since 2000 and this is 20, this is 2020. I have not had a seizure since 20. 13 and that was the one time off and before then it was 
I, I don't have this seven year period. It's mm-hmm. unheard of. Like I don't mm-hmm. get sick. I, I have not even had a cold. Jesus. I haven't Thank even you. had a cold in in over a year. Mm-hmm. I haven't even had a cold in over a year. Like I can show you that God is a healer. I can mm-hmm. show you that He. I remember them when they diagnosed when when they diagnosed me with vertigo. It wasn't vertigo. God was telling me, Masika, you need to learn sure. how to have fun and be more balanced in your oh, life. Really? And I ain't responding. And so He said, I'm gonna show you. You're gonna you're gonna slow down and have enjoy your life <coughs> and be balanced. It was a spiritual thing. Yes, He brings that balance. Sure. Yes, <laughs> my whole Yes, yes, yes. The Reverend Curtis is, a, is, the, is the funnest part of my life now. Oh, um, but the, it, the well, <laughs> I love it. I'm just looking at her like, oh, yeah. I love her so much. Yeah. Y'all don't understand the love I'm like, that's happening. I'm like, I'm, if, if, if some of the young people that listen to you might not understand this, but I am, I am, I'm telling you, I'm like uh, uh, alfalfa mm-hmm. off of the Red Little Rascal. I love you, Delightly. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, but back to your story, because really, I, like, really, it's, it is powerful. Like, she is very a very powerful woman of God. Um, but like she said, it took a process. Um, and that process doesn't always feel good. And we also know, she said earlier too, the butterfly has arrived. And a lot of times we, uh, circumvent the process before we see the the completion of what God really is doing because our pain is never really just for us. It's also to help someone else get through whatever we have been through. Um, so you mentioned peer recovery, um, and, so before, I'm going to say two things before um, I said that for folks who are listening. So I thought you said two very, very powerful things. Um, this is what I took from it, that God is not, God is bigger than your questions, mm, right? Good. So, so um, what Masika shared, and I don't even, she said so much, I don't even know if she shared this part um, on, on the show yet, but she talked about how she questioned God and she had to forgive God. And mm. a lot of people don't want to act like, they don't like blame God for stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember when my father died, like I literally like cursed God out with my little 10 year old self and all the little curse words I knew. And so I understand what it is to really blame the, the person that created you and then to have to like reconcile that. And so the wonderful thing is that God is not scared of your emotions. No, he He's not scared of your questions. Mm-hmm. You can like his shoulders are broad enough. Mm-hmm. And you don't ever have to be afraid That's to be true. where you are because yeah. he already knows where you are. So yeah. there's no need to hide it. The true. second thing that I thought was so powerful, because not only is she a believer, but she's also um, a doctor, a psychologist and a counselor, is that sometimes you need to talk to somebody else. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. listen, Christians, prayer does everything. I understand. But sometimes you need to sit down with a person and be real and, and work through some steps mm-hmm. because and that's the wonderful thing about God is that doctors are here for a reason. Absolutely. Those who tend to your natural health, the, those who tend to your spiritual health, those who tend to your emotional health, mm-hmm. like mental health is real Absolutely. and you have to address it. So if you are feeling depressed, if you feel like you want to take your own life, if you feel despondent and you're mm-hmm. having reoccurring thoughts, you need to talk to somebody. And if your prayer, you don't feel like it's happening, talk to a person mm-hmm. until you can go straight to God. Like, Whatever that process looks like, don't be afraid to reach out to other people. Okay. Peer recovery. Well, how you want to pivot <laughs> off of that? Because she definitely highlighted some things, too. Mm-hmm. However you want to pivot, because I'm, I'm quite, on both regards, it will help someone. I think, um, yes, the Holy Spirit is a counselor. 
Um, and and God is a healer. But if all good and perfect things come from God and we trust medical doctors to be medical doctors, but we still put our faith in God, then we have to trust mental health clinicians to be mental health clinicians Absolutely. and still put our faith in God. Absolutely. Um, we don't ignore it because there's some stuff, honestly, that people struggle with. And it's it's not you, you can't ask God for water and then he gives you water and you don't drink it. Um, we have access to it. So actually a lot of churches over the last few years have asked me to come in and to do mental health workshops. Um, and to talk to the the church about um, best practices. How do you maintain your mental health and things of that nature? And I have, I've poured out in these places because the church um, is when you don't have a, a, a balance, when you practice religion and you don't practice relationship, oh, then on, it'll man. tell you come that on. I'm wrong for going to go get help. No, right. you're right for it. Like maintain it, like Absolutely. maintain yourself. Um, because you are a spirit, you live in a body and you have a soul. And sometimes your soul needs some work. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and just to that, I was actually just talking to um, a friend and co-worker who um, in her in her local ministry in this state, um, someone was singing in the choir stands on Sunday and, and committed suicide on Tuesday. Mm. And and that's real. And this is someone who, who was in leadership in the church and who had participated in a, a big program in the church did. Mm. But we have to address those things and we have to not ignore it and act like it doesn't happen and it doesn't exist. Because if you need help and you need to talk to somebody, you need to reach out. You need to ask somebody who you can ask. You know, like even if that's not the person, just say, I need the help. And maybe they can direct you to services that will address those needs. That is very important because cause the reality of it is, is that God is not a fictional being. He's true. He's real. He's awesome. He's there. He's, he's, he's a counselor, like you said. But, we, but in order for God to really be... A felt in an experience sometimes it comes through human vessels Absolutely. um and the good counsel the bible says purposes are established by many counselors so when we look in regards of counselors god gives wisdom to those who spend time with them and every clinic i mean of course they might some you have if you feel like well i need a christian counselor they have them absolutely yeah. they have them in fact my wife is one too but um <laughs> She's all that and, and some more, some more stuff, some more stuff. But, um, but I just want to say for those that's out there right now that might be listening and that might be experiencing things that, you know, thoughts that you need to talk to and you like, okay, I'm talking to God, but I need someone tangible in front of me, um, that I can really trust or that you might say that I could tell my things to, and then know it wasn't come back to me to hurt me. Um, it's a place for that. It's, a, it's definitely a place for that where you can feel comfortable with sharing what's going on and walk out the room and guess what? You have now spilt it out, you've gotten counsel, and then you can walk away and never have to worry about hearing it again in the streets from somebody else because they have an oath that they must take that they can't repeat what you shared in the room. Am I right? You are right. And and if you what we what I like to explain like when I what how I see counseling and what I've told people is that in life we are sponges. And we we sponges have a purpose, right? We we become the sponge, but the only way that you keep a sponge working is if you wring it out. And so mm -hmm. we experience pain in life and if we don't stop to wring out pain, then 
what you end up doing is dripping your stuff on other people. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you become the pastor that breaks the church. You become the elder that you wield the eldership and you have the title, but you're breaking other people. You mm-hmm. become the counselor that breaks other people. Mm-hmm. You become the wife that is tearing mm-hmm. down your husband and tearing mm-hmm. down your house. You mm-hmm. become the husband that because you haven't rung out yet. It's not because you're a bad person. You just need to stop and ring out and counseling helps you to ring out. Amen. Mm. Amen. Amen. And on the note, let me just really quickly say the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. So if you are having um, like thoughts where you're thinking about taking your own life or you, you feel like you can't get through, please call that number and reach out. Novena, you got any questions? Yeah. Yeah, um, I do want to find out more about uh, your practice, and that's going to be that's going to be later. But you are practicing, and I wanted to put that out there. Um, but also, uh, when we were talking earlier, you were talking about um, books that you have authored. Okay, and can you just name a few and just give a, uh, give us an idea of what um, books you've written? So one of them, which is my baby, like you know that that book that you have when you write a couple, like that that main book. Is String of Pearls. Mm-hmm. So String of Pearls, um, String of Pearls is a book that I wrote because I went to court and to be a, a, become a juror mm-hmm. and the judge panel and um, and I said that I could judge a case fairly. And when I sat down, the Holy Spirit was like, "No, you can't." And it was because this man was being accused of raping a 16-year-old. And I had been molested myself at 14. And so without ever meeting the girl, without ever hearing a case, I was convicting and he was guilty and he was going to jail. And he could have been innocent. Um, thank God I didn't get selected as a juror um, for several reasons. My mom is an ex-cop and I was trained as a CO. And they were like, we don't want you and we don't want counselors as a jury. So I, I got God kept me honest that day. Um, but when I left out of there, God told me to write it. And what write it meant after I sought God as to how I get healing and deliverance from the thing that was hurting, he told me to write it. And so String of Pearls became the book that I wrote. And the pearl in itself, um, the story behind a pearl is that it gets something intrusion, like a, an intrusion occurs, an unwanted intrusion occurs. And out of that, it produces this solution out of this irritation and it surrounds the thing that was intruded and it produces a pearl, something priceless. Mm. Um, and sexual assault mm-hmm. actually affects, statistically speaking, one out of three women and one out of five men. But those are only the cases that are reported. Absolutely. I've been in rooms where it's been three out of three and nobody in the room reported it. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. there's, there's higher stats for that. Um, so I wrote the book and out of my own pain and my own suffering, the, in in my training as a counselor, I wrote it out, and then I've been able to help thousands of women by now um, with their survive, surviving sexual assault. And now, um, Reverend Curtis and I are doing the male version of that mm, book. Great, that's wonderful. And how could I? How can I get this book, String of Pearls? It's on Amazon. Okay, it's on Amazon um, under String of Pearls on Amazon is. Uh, under Dr. Masika Jordan. It's also at First Baptist Church of Glamour and okay. because yeah. they use it as their for their Tamar ministry. It's in their bookstore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say it wasn't Barnes & Noble. I, okay. have, I haven't checked okay. lately. But, but I'll, I'll double check in Amazon and at, at the bookstore at First Baptist. And then also, oh, that's one book. Would you also mention... Her story is a is a collection of survivors of domestic violence, including my mother and myself, um, and then three other women. Different stories, different types of domestic violence, but then it it's a community based tool. So they share their stories, but then after each story, there's a section of worksheets that enables the person 
that has survived abuse or the person that wants to help someone get out of an abusive situation. And it's also written for people that we call quote unquote doers. I don't call them abusers because an abuser is a stat is a noun. It's just until you do differently, this is what you were doing. And so you want to do differently. Here's a book to help you with that. And so, um, and it's a community based tool as well. That's one book. Another book, um, some of the other books that I've written are around uh, psychology books. So people that are it's trained to be Christian-based, training for counselors. About that too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other, I've written a ton of manuals for people that are in recovery. Um, under the business that I have, which is Jordan Peer Recovery. Um, nice. There's a, several books for that um, and manuals and guides, et cetera. Um, and that's to help people that are either in the profession as a peer recovery specialist or either they are in recovery themselves mm-hmm. from substance abuse or any other thing. And that just that segment, that the next question has to do with peer recovery. Now I've heard a little bit about it, but what really is peer recovery? So a peer um, is someone that has gone through and walked through your shoes before mm-hmm. and they've come out on the other side and now they're reaching back to help you. Mm-hmm. That's by, and, and so while now it's a profession, it actually, just like you have CNAs, certified nursing assistants, and you have um, medical assistants and medical coding and billers and things of that nature, there's now this profession. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a second fastest job growth market in the U.S. next to technology. Um, and it's the certified peer recovery. Um, in the state of Maryland, we call them certified peer recovery specialists. They're called different things in different states, but I built a company and that company is approved in every U.S. state. We've now reached out, launched out into Africa as well, but we have trained peer recovery coaches, specialists, professionals throughout the U.S. Um, And it's, we have the largest proprietary model, training model Mm -hmm. that is used to train culturally responsive peers. Um, We've partnered with the Department of um, Justice. We partnered with the Department of Labor. We partnered with. Mm-hmm. We responded after the Freddie Gray riots. We partnered with um, some agencies in Baltimore and in the city of Baltimore itself. We partnered with um, Prince George's County State's Attorney's Office to mm-hmm. do a diversion program to keep children out of jail mm-hmm. um, by using people that used to be in jail mm-hmm. um, to come out and show them the right awesome. path. This is and it's so needed. And I had this is the first time I've heard of. Cause I wanted, I'm interested in counseling, but then this this is peer recovery because I've been through a lot too, mm-hmm. and now it's like I got a name and a connection, and I want to find out more about that as well. There's a course that I'm speaking. I'll tell you some more information, okay. about, but yeah, you don't have actually, to pay for it. Oh my goodness! But it's and so actually, I, I've I've been through the program myself, and actually, I'm cer- I'm I'm certified under NADAC as a uh, peer recovery specialist, mm-hmm. um, and actually too, you can, I mean, you even can have direct or indirect. Um, exposure to whatever your experience may have been. Mm-hmm. Um, mine was incarceration, but at the same time, mine was also drug addiction, um, drug use. Uh, I mean, um, selling drugs. It was just mm-hmm. uh, many different facets abuse. Um, you know, and so all these different things play a part mm-hmm. in how you help someone else navigate to their space of healing to be able to help someone else get to a place of healing because. Really, the whole motto is is to help somebody get to the place you're at yeah. and then empower them to help somebody else get to the place they're at, um, I mean, that they can get to as well. So once that happens is it continues to be a domino effect. So a domino effect doesn't have to be negative. It could be also positive. Absolutely. You know, um, so if 
you know, if I touch one and it, and it pushes over to somebody else, then it pushes over to two more people, then That's four right. more people, then That's five right. more people. Then we look back and we see a whole generation that now has been transformed, which can help the next generation Absolutely. come to a place where we won't have to see the same repetitive cycles uh, perpetuated in our communities. Absolutely. It's so beautiful to see y'all on the same page and I yeah. love it. Yeah, that's my that's my baby right there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um with with peer recovery, um, you know, how do you see that also? Cause you are so one thing she also is, she's not just a doctor. Um, she's also an elder. She uh she's a preacher too. So, um, with peer recovery as well as being a Christian, how do you see all those things tie into purpose but um that God has, you know, aligned you with both those things to be purposeful in the earth with. I, I used to look at my story and every single time I would go anywhere, if I didn't close myself off, um, then prophets would prophesy the same thing to me. And they would say, you have experienced X number of traumas. You were there one day mm -hmm. when the, the, I was in the middle of praise and worship and the guy was like, you have experienced traumas, but God said the traumas are well. I was like, yeah, I know. Um, but the, the trauma is right. Like when you look at my life, I've even watched my best friend get shot in her face right beside me. Like I can go, I have a whole lot of experiences that I could probably spend a whole hour talking about. But that's the painful pieces of it. Um, the the How all of that shows up in every single platform is that, you know, in the Bible, when the woman talks to, the mother talks to Jesus and she says, um, can my son sit beside you, sit on your left and your right hand? And he, and he said, um, can they drink from the cup Come that I'm drinking now. from? Right? Can they drink from this cup? And what I used to hate or despise was the cup that I was drinking from. But now I love it because it qualified me um, in every single platform. So as an elder, when I stand up to preach, the anointing is not fake. Like I, I have a lot of biblical understanding and information I can quote scriptures, et cetera, et cetera. But when you hear me, you're going to get the anointing. When you, when I'm praying, you're going to feel the power and it's straight authentic power coming from heaven above, open heavens. Every time I make a request to God, it's because I've sat with the pain and then God has allowed me to see him and then heal through it. And then the pressing of that oil, uh, that olive pressed out oil like no other. Like I couldn't, have, I can't be anointed without it. Um, it when I show up as a counselor, I'm proofing the pudding. So when I train counselors and I tell them, when you show up to counseling offices, don't tell people what you learned in the textbook. Can you help them by showing them that healing is real, that recovery is real, that you really can get through whatever you're going through? Can you show them that? Because if you don't believe it, you shouldn't be a counselor. I believe it because I've been through it. Mm -hmm. So it shows up in that platform as a peer um, helping survivors of sexual assault, sibling abuse, domestic violence. Um, trauma, like I said, I've watched people, I've seen people be shot, like I've, I've watched stuff um, through diabetes, sickness and illnesses, any, I can name a couple of things, law, grief and loss, um, all of those places, even substance abuse myself, um, all of those pieces and all of those elements and all of those places, what it shows up as a peer 
is what the biblical example talks about is we we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony yeah. i'm gonna give you a testimony and then i'm gonna give you the tools to help you get through to the other yes, side yes. um and if you wanted a banner to say hey it's a finish line over here let me be your banner um but it shows up in all of those <coughs> platforms and, it, and i venture to say it even shows up in me being a mother because there's things that I had to break glass ceilings to so that my daughter will never have to experience them. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't do the work, then I wouldn't be qualified to be a great mom. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, I'm telling you, boy, you did, now y'all see why? No, nah, I'm just saying. I was yeah. now I see how I married, but no, I, I married her because God brought her into my life and really uh, highlighted who she was, not just in all the things she just explained, but even the things that I see for my own self. She is definitely a gift to me. But she's a gift to the community as well. And being that gift, um, what would you impart to someone right now that might be listening? That might be in that place where they might feel as though that God has let them down. God allowed all this stuff to happen. And then angry at God. Or that person that might be in that place where they know that God is calling them out of the space that they're at. But they just don't know how to get to that spot that they know God has called them to. Or... The person that has yielded to God, but now they're in the space where they're saying, but you still haven't shown me how to do what you called me to do, even though I stepped out. You know what I hear so loudly? Um, Your best is yet to come. Mm. Your best is yet to come. Your best is yet to come. Mm. You can't stop in the middle of a book and say that you know your story. So you don't know your life yet. You only just began to see whatever chapter of it that you're in. And if you quit in the middle of it, or if you stop in the middle of it, you would only be half read. Um, We come in the full volume of the books written of us. And so there's another side after that chapter. Um, The Bible says to come in the full volume of the book written of you. I make it a declaration of my life every day. I come in the full volume of the book written of me. Meaning don't let me stop mid-sentence. If I would have stopped mid-sentence after the abortion, then my life would have looked like a tragedy. On the other side of it, I looked like a millionaire. On the other side of it, I looked powerful. On the other side of it, I looked healed. And I don't just look those things. I am those Mm -hmm. things. On the other side of it, I have an intimacy with God that I would never be able to have reached if I hadn't sat with him and just let him deal with me and heal me and recover me. On the other side of it, I'm an answer to a nation that has the opiate epidemic on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. But if I were to stop mid-sentence, my life looked like a tragedy. And so wherever you are in your life, don't stop. You got to press. This race is real. Yes, it really does hurt. Yes, it really is a struggle sometimes. Yes, it really is night season sometimes. But night only lasts temporarily if you allow yourself to get to the morning. Um, and if you allow yourself to be real with yourself, you don't always have to be happy. God didn't, God said we're to have joy. Happiness is, is, is emotional. Joy can be, even when I'm sad and even mm-hmm. when I'm crying, mm-hmm. I can experience joy. Absolutely. So when you reach out to people, when you're not, when you're struggling emotionally and you're trying to get to the next step, I never got to these places on my own. Mm-mm. I did the, the, when I look at the major transitions in my life, when you're going through a major transition, God will send people to you when you're ready. When, when you submit it and surrender to God, he'll send the right people in your life at the right time to help Amen. you through transitions. Amen. And my covering, my spiritual covering was one of the most significant transitions for me. But prior to him, 
there were other tutors and teachers mm-hmm. that came mm-hmm. into place. Mm-hmm. And the most recent transition were, was you. And and so when when I met mm-hmm. you, God was like, Masika, you got one little pocket here. Me, y'all. You got one little pocket here that you still have avoiding with the loss of your father. I, and and I, you haven't pressed in it, but I'm going to send you somebody that, that you'll trust enough to be vulnerable in that space, and he'll walk you through it. And so it, I didn't walk, I didn't get to where I was on my own. I've had great tutors and teachers and leaders and a great husband now. Um, mm-hmm. And and me being submitted to headship. Like, I'm, submission is real to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't pretend. I, I, I may as well not fake that I know every answer, right? Like, that's why we have leaders. So when I have a challenge question, I submit to my leaders. And I'm submitted to my husband, too, And so as a leader in our household. And so there's mm-hmm. times that I'll go to, to, to Reverend Curtis and say, I don't call him Reverend Curtis in the house, but I'll say, <laughs> right. you know, I'll say I, what you think about this? Well, tell me how, and his ideas stimulate change for me. Um, he's a change agent. My apostle, yes. when there's, he's a, he was a self-made millionaire before he was 30, and I use that term loosely. Of course, it was God. Um, but he, but he, he came, his father was homeless in the streets of Philadelphia and he came from poverty and he came from a mother who was struggling with addiction and he was a quote unquote self millionaire before he was 30. I don't have to figure it out on my own. Let me connect to somebody right. and know how to do it already. Right. And I'm, that's a biblical model. And so I, I follow great leadership that God has sent into my life. And through those major transitions, they have been pivotal. They have been God's voice to me. I hear God on my own. But when God needs to say or use a person, like I don't shun that either. I appreciate it. And I've allowed myself that time too. Sometimes we get impatient with ourselves because we'll think that we're supposed to just get over whatever we're processing. And it's a process. Like tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character. That says to me time. You can't persevere in two seconds. Mm -hmm. Like I have to be patient with myself. Mm -hmm. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm, I'm gonna go ahead. Listen. I, listen. I got I got questions for days. Um, so one of the things um, that you you mentioned that I thought was um, super super important is um, reaching out and asking for help, and then accepting when somebody gives you that answer, even if you don't necessarily like the answer or agree with the answer. Because sometimes um, the truth can be like a knife. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you need to get cut. Let's just, <laughs> let's just be clear. Listen, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, oh, uh, I remember this one minister, he, he uh, gave this message and he talked about how, um, and he's from California, so, you know, they have a lot of grapes from wineries and all that stuff. And he was saying that um, his father's friend had, had uh, a vineyard. And so... Um, he was asked like one summer to go out and, and prune the, the grapevine. And what um, he was taught was that what happens is the grapevine will continue to grow if you don't prune it. And so what happens is after a certain point, grapes stop growing. And, they, and, and so then it is just a branch. And mm-hmm. then if it grows out too far and is never pruned, then everything that is connected on that branch dies. So wow. even the fruit that was wow. closer to the, the main wow. vine... So he was talking about the importance of, of pruning and cutting because he said sometimes you outgrow your usefulness. Come on now. And I was like, you better preach, first of all, yes, one. Yes. But sometimes 
when when we find ourselves in spaces and if you if you don't know what's going on and you ask for help and you don't like the answer you have to take a moment and and really digest what's being said because sometimes you need to be pruned sometimes the things that you're doing are not correct and you need mm -hmm. to cut people off or, or cut your thoughts off Absolutely. or you know all of the things that are are really hindering you mm -hmm. from from moving forward from from your healing um you're really hindering yourself and so that self-reflection and you know it can get real Absolutely. right when you're when you're left with yourself so yes. even if you're in that space when you seek help just be open even even if it hurts it may it may be um absolutely what's needed for you to be productive and to be fruitful and to get to those places where you want to and and to get to those visions that you have and and those dreams that you've had for yourself mm -hmm. um you might need to get cut okay mm, right. and I, I venture to say if you're not feeling rubbed the wrong way from anybody in your life that you probably don't have real friends around you Ooh, either. say so I mean, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm. And I, I used to, my father used to collect knives. And um, he tried, like I had a whole, it was a collection thing, like from all over different countries or whatever you would have. And, and this is, when you sharpen knives, there's friction that happens. So when the Bible says iron sharpens iron, like it's a rubbing that happens. Absolutely. And it's not a nice rubbing, right? Absolutely. So if I don't have good friends around me, that don't mean that you got to, you know, you don't have to say it in a nasty way. But you want to say some stuff to me sometimes that I need to hear. Yeah. That doesn't, that don't rub me right. But I need, if I trust you, right, and you really are a good friend to me, then I need to hear what you have to say and then sit with God and say, God, this rubbing me the wrong way, but I don't know why it is, but I, but I need you to help me with it. Absolutely. And in those moments that you're vulnerable with the people that you trust that are your friends and vulnerable with God, let them show you. Because it's been in those times that I've had the most significant growth and yeah. healing in my life. Yeah. I remember one time um, prior to meeting Curtis as my husband, right? And I was praying for a husband. I was like, God, I want to be married again. And God was like, you ain't ready. You ain't do the rest of your work. And I was like, what you mean? <laughs> and I was like, what I, what I have. And I was still mad as, as ever at my about my ex-husband. Mm -hmm. And I was mad because there were some things that I had to sign over to him when and, and, and dish out when I got divorced. Some some cat, like some stuff. Mm -hmm. right? stuff. And, yeah, and I was like, stuff. I want my stuff back. And I was mad. Yeah. I was really upset. And I had, in my mind, I had every right to be angry mm -hmm. and and the bible says be angry and sin that so i was like i'm angry god and he was mm -hmm. like yeah when you gonna get over it though right. and and then i had to sit at it and i was like well i already forgave him he, and he said yeah he's not the person you need to forgive and i got quiet i ain't hear him and then i ignored it for some months and the whole time i'm praying for a husband praying for a husband and god's like i'm like where is he at and he's like, I, you're not waiting on me. I'm waiting on you. When are you going to get back to the work? And so I called my pastor, the one that she's, I called her and I was like, but, but Pastor Lacey, I was like, I don't, and she was like, um, you, you, you're going to have to grow up, Masika. She was like, you're, 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 you're mad at yourself. And she said, I know it hurts to say that. She said, but you need to hear it. You need to get over it. Yeah. And she said, you're going to have to write it out. You're going to have to be honest with yourself. Yeah. She said, the only person you're deceiving is yourself. If you're not transparent about the fact that you messed up, you made a poor decision and you got to own it. And then you can't go back and erase it. But what do you do with it now? Yeah. What do you do with it now? And then the thing that I was trying to forgive from him, it wasn't about him. It was about me yeah. and me trusting myself to make the right decision to meet the right person and be able to make a decision about the right spouse. Mm -hmm. um, and then when God showed me that I was able to forgive myself. It was so mm -hmm. clear. Everything you just said is so clear. Cause when you said you were mad with God, 
your whole face just lit up like you, 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 your words said you were mad with God, but your face said, I am so good right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. But that healing came from being rubbed the wrong way. When she said it to me, I ain't like it. I was like, but first, like, I respect her. I was mm-hmm. like, but first, like, and she knows you. And she knows me. And she knows me. And she knows me. And she loves you. And she does. And that's the thing about it. Like, if you really do have real people around you that you know love you, let them be honest with you. Yes. Give them the freedom to be yes. honest with you. Doesn't mean that they're always right, but but be, give them the freedom you know. to be honest with you and you listen. And not from a place of I gotta defend myself. Right. Just or not listen. even have an answer. Just, oh, not just even listen. Just, just listen. Listen and take it and internalize it. Um actually, um the church that we went to before we went to your reception, um, uh he's doing a, a series now called Blind Spots. Mm. And he said, and he gave his church an assignment to go to their, whoever's in their community of people, whoever they're doing life with, and ask them, what are the blind spots that they see in in that person's life? Mm -hmm. And then you're not allowed to respond. You just take what they said, and you go back, and you and God work that out. Mm -hmm. And so, and so actually they came back to... um, um, to church and they share so and that and that pastor is also he's a, um, a psychologist as well so like his services are like group counseling I love him so much it's amazing um, pastor Paul Morgan and um, okay. so he asks questions the, the mic is passed around you know people getting healed and all kinds life. of stuff so but it is it is very important to have people in your life who you trust and who love you and I'm not talking about Facebook friends mm-hmm. I'm not talking about Instagram friends right. <laughs> I'm talking about people you're actually doing life with yeah. right and and if if you don't have someone you can trust then seek professional help mm-hmm. and some professional help can v- be very free mm-hmm. so also um seek out like resources in whatever community you find yourself in we're actually <clears throat> launching um counseling through our church and individuals from the community will be able to get two free sessions um i think it launches in march mm-hmm. march right uh, well April, actually april 4th will be the first date and they'll be able to get two free counseling sessions um and support that they need. I mean, but there's a ton of free services, but I wanted to mention it. Absolutely. um, And some of it is telehealth, so you can do it remotely and from the comfort of your home. Absolutely. Um, So we will um, put links um, in the description when we we put out um, all the information for the show. Not only about all the wonderful stuff she's doing and her books and her, Mm -hmm. listen, because she's doing some amazing work, people, but also about those those services um, Mm -hmm. because it's important. And like even even when you think about people's levels of anxiety now is dealing with this public health crisis. Absolutely. Like people's levels of anxiety are on like all time high. Mm-hmm. People are anxious, they're afraid, and that messes with your mental health. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah and definitely. and the the it just is a, a tip for that too for people that are um, are experiencing that because that and the nation is experiencing trauma. Mm-hmm. And the reason I know that is because I've randomly asked questions to even colleagues of mine that are professors and of counseling, mm-hmm. um, and I asked them, "What do you feel like?" And they their response was, "I feel like I'm in a movie." And so them saying that that's actually they're using words that describe the same symptoms of people experiencing real trauma. Yeah. Um, and so one of the ways we as believers can do is to activate our faith, but not only activate our faith, but see ourselves covered. So if you can visualize yourself, like actually imagine yourself being in the ark. Actually imagine yourself being in the ark and the blood covering you. Not just saying it, not just confessing it, but actually close your eyes, visualize it, and see it in your head. What it's going to do is your mind is going to start to produce endorphins, Mm -hmm. and those endorphins are going to go against the cortisol levels that actually stimulate anxiety and, and fear and all that other stuff. Absolutely. Because the mind is a powerful, powerful, powerful thing. Powerful. 
That's and right. I'm talking about the mind, not the brain. Those are two yeah. different things. But, but, but yes, the organ and listen. The action, organ and action. <clears throat> and it's Romans 12 too, right? Like we, absolute, we, absolutely. Yeah, the scripture told us what to do is science just catches up with what Don't, God is listen, already telling us. Science just confirms God. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. This has been amazing. We are mm-hmm. at time, y'all. Oh, so if right. we want to wrap up with any, um, you know, last thoughts, last sayings, last whatevers. Well, I'll just say uh, it's it definitely. I, I'm glad the world had a, an opportunity because to hear everything that my wife is doing and that you know, and, and this see that it's possible for whoever's out there that goes to anything that it is possible to reach your place of wealth. The Bible says you have caused men to run over our heads. We've been through the flood and the fire, but you brought us out into a yes. wealthy place. Nice. God wants us to experience that wealthy place, and this yes. is evidence that the wealthy place does exist. And one thing I like to say about um, Masika is your confidence. I love it. Thank you. It's, it's such an assurance. Confidence, okay? yes. And it's um, <laughs> it's not intimidating. It's not um, put on. It's authentic, and it's absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Listen, I could go on. Don't, Me don't. I'm waiting listen, for stop, so listen, because we got, we, we going to talk <laughs> offline, y'all. We going to talk offline. <laughs> but we are just excited, not only for um, this beautiful creature that God created in Masika Austin, but um, just for this union of my brother and now my sister and all that God is going to do in and through their love and in through their combined purpose. Y'all stay tuned because I know stay it only tuned. gets better from here. Like this is just the beginning. You you hear what I'm saying? This is just I'm getting excited about it. I am. I'm about to cry just thinking they about too. what I'm about too. to do. Right? Like um. So you see? We have had another wonderful, bold, yes. and beautiful yes. podcast, and we will catch y'all next time. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to our broadcast. We look forward to introducing young talent and sharing exciting stories with our listeners around the world. So if you have a gift, talent, story, or information to share with us, spoken word, poetry, book, or song to share, if you're an entrepreneur or musician, please contact us at bnbwcstr2016 at gmail.com. Or on any of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.